seamless well-being is first part of our theme for this retreat. I really like the word, word uh, seamless. If we break it up just briefly, that there's it's imperceptible any seam, so it's, it has continuity. It's complete. In our uh, effort to be present, to be mindful, to be attentive, alert, awake, <clears throat> there's a seamless quality that already exists within that <clears throat> that is important to point out. And in the foundations of mindfulness, the first foundation on Gayanusati, uh, which is mindfulness of the body, the physical form. So I hope that you all brought your bodies with you uh, on this retreat. All bodies, please be uh, sit up nice and straight, be accounted for. And all breathing bodies, uh, please be accounted for. But then there's a little problem. The body is present, the breath is present, but what may or may not be present? That's the tricky part, isn't it? So how do you and I develop this seamless uh, well-being within the practice of uh, mindfulness, of collectedness? And something I find very useful and that I often uh, share in, in teaching situations is that the body is always, always, on ad infinitum, always present. Now it's present either in the posture of sitting, present in the posture of walking, present in the posture of standing, and then lying down. So in a 24-hour period, we're consistently, con constantly moving through sitting, standing, walking, sit, stand, walk, sit, stand, walk, sit, stand, walk, sit, stand, walk, and all of a sudden we're tired, then we have to lie down. Then we lay down for a period of time, and then we have to sit up, stand up, and start walking about again. And with these four postures, which is a, it's a critical or a very key part of our practice, <clears throat> that there is the breath as well. So we have a seamless uh, continuity, a, a seamlessness with body and breath. So we also have an offering from our body and from our breathing to uh, be aware of that. So sometimes I like say mindfulness is, is to be aware of what's going on. So mindfulness is to be aware of what's going on. And what's going on not yesterday, not tomorrow, not at lunchtime, not at breakfast, but what's going on right now. The, there is a consistent then opportunity to tune into to uh, align ourselves with body and breath over and over, because it's always there. And the beauty of that is that whenever we do that, we have a sobering kind of moment to like just be there. We forget, oh, body, 
we're like there again. So the seamlessness is, is the effort that you and I put forward to be with, uh, to uh, align ourselves with the body in breathing. Now that may sound a little oversimplified, and it, or sound easy, but of course the, the, the struggle, the challenge, is to do that. A lot of our conditioning in uh, meditation practice and uh, uh, retreats and different forms and things, there's this incredible emphasis on the cushion. So the more time you spend on your backside, the more the wiser, the more mindful, the more you fill in the blanks you're going to be. And I always love what Ajahn Chah says. Well, he says, I've seen chickens sit on their nests for days and they've been none the wiser. You know, they're still chickens, they're still sitting on their nests, they're still, you know, making more eggs and more little chicks and doing what chickens and roosters do. <clears throat> and it's important to say that that's not to de-emphasize or to underestimate the value of the cushion, of sitting time. It's absolutely critical. It hasn't been my forte. I was probably among the, you know, the gold, the, the gold medal of restless young monks. But we work with what we have, don't we? But what seems important to me and what has been important in my, uh, in, in my life is that for this practice to be valuable, then it has to be accessible, and for it to be accessible, then that needs, really needs to be 24-7, doesn't it? Or we could say all wakeful moments, all the time that you and I are breathing, our eyes open, even though we may, eyes may, we may be, uh, our eyes open and moving about, we may not be very awake, you may be asleep in your mind, because you're just following habits, but the point is that there is this opportunity, and I think that's absolutely precious, to have this opportunity moment to moment to moment. Because the breath, you can speed it up if you move about or you jog or do something, then the heartbeat, the breath speeds up, and then you relax and it slows down. But that breath has its own kind of rhythm. We can't really control it. I mean, there's certain exercises and things, you know, breathing and pranayama, different things that people do and, and, and study. But the, the idea is that the breath is a consistent seamlessness to it, in alignment with the element of air, the movement of air. Right now we're, we're breathing together. Just think about that. Here in this room, we are one breath. They may not be timed perfectly, but we're all breathing, aren't we? So I look at any of you, you look at me, and Ajahn, whoever, that, wow, there's a lot of similarity here, you know? You know, tall, short, male, female, whatever the case may be, but we have this fundamental thing that we share with, with humanity. And so there's so many inroads to, inter, to interconnect that in our, our practice and in our lives. <clears throat> so 
in the transition then between postures, between moving and sitting, and uh, the, 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 the text goes that you know, the breathing takes us right through to full enlightenment, if you read the, uh, the sutta. And then I believe it goes into the elements, and I believe it goes into the postures. I might have that turned around, but just expands on the physicality, the physical aspect. So here in our practice <clears throat> on the retreat, we do sitting and walking meditation. This is a, a, a tradition handed down, was the primary uh, mode of, of uh, more formal practice, to do sitting meditation and then to break that up with walking. And walking is important because it allows us to then get up and stretch the body and move the body. Um, those that like to sit for long times, that's absolutely fine. But on the context of the retreat, we break that up. So it gives a chance to give the body, get the blood flowing. We might get a little restless or sleepy or drowsy. Uh, then we stand up and then we do walk-in meditation. But there's so many phases between sitting right now. Each of us are in a sitting posture, right? So between... We're sitting right now, and the bell rings to now go out and walk. How much effort can you bring into the transition? So it's, 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 it's as simple as like sit, walk. You know, we just kind of like sit, okay, now we're going to walk. So very robotic, we can move into this. All right, now we do walking. But in between the sitting is we have, before we can walk from sitting, what do we have to do? We have to stand up and don't forget to breathe. But better said, don't forget that you are breathing as you're moving from sitting to standing to walking. It's like a point of reference, like a touchstone. It's a point we can always touch. And it helps us also get out of the thinking mind. Well, why are we sitting? Or why do we have to walk now? And what about that? Why do we have to stand? And, and these things. So we, we kind of come out of the head space, move more into the feeling space of our, of our center, our hearts, this area of feeling, and start to bring forth this uh, awareness in what we're doing when we're doing it. It's incredibly simple in theory, in explanation, the verbiage, but actually in practice it's much more difficult, isn't it? Sit, stand, walk, sit, stand, walk, lie down, get up, sit, stand, walk, go to sleep, eat, whatever. So we, we, we can get so kind of caught up in life that we forget these things, and that's the challenge that we have. So here we're strengthening, we're having a chance to strengthen. It's, it's like mental fitness. We have physical fitness. What do we do for physical fitness to get our bodies strong? But mental fitness, we don't really talk about mental fitness. It's big with, with uh, athletics. They talk about physical fitness, but not a lot of athletic uh, uh, professionals and amateurs and things think about, well, what's important in the mental fitness of this? So as we move to uh, our walking practice, uh, it's important, well, the encouragement, the encouragement is to uh, choose a space of, say, 15 to 25 paces. So you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Turn around, and the beginning, middle, and end, stopping at each end. So in the walking itself, in the walking path, you have you stop and stand, and you can spend some time standing, being aware of the breath, 
and you could walk, be aware of just the body moving. Uh, I like to, and, 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 and Ajahn Chah taught that, that walking is not, it's an extension of our sitting. So we're not like, we're not window shopping. We're going to check everybody out or let's go um, commune with the flowers. And if that comes up, that's fine. If that's what you choose to do, we're not going to come out with our, our walking stick and make sure that everybody is walking absolutely correctly. It's up to you uh, to, to find that rhythm for yourself. But I certainly find that in the walking that you have a beginning, middle, and end of a path, 15 to 25, count them. Get two points that are distinct, you know, rather than like walking around the field or going for a walk. So it's walking meditation. So it's a collectedness. It's an extension of what we're doing. And if you if you put effort in this, you will find that this continuity, and you also find that it really reinforces what we're doing here. Helps you to be more collected and turning inwardly. This whole retreat is about what our senses were calling, excuse me, constantly going out. And now we're turning, it's like we're mirroring. We're turning and putting a mirror and so our senses, we're gonna turn inwardly. We still listen, we still hear, we still see beautiful things, or there's a lovely bird or flower. We notice that, but we come back to that next moment rather than to be distracted. So I encourage you then to uh, this reflection uh, as you move from our sitting now to be aware of each phase of moving out into walking practice. Uh, if there's uh, later be opportunity, if there's confusion about walking, or if you've not done it, and also the pace is is generally encouraged to slow down. Use your own your own uh, judgment on the rhythm. But another thing Ajahn Chah used to say, and I found quite humorous, he, he, and, and this was a bit of a, of, a, of a criticism of the slow, very uh, 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 methodic or uh, kind of robotic walking. He says, well, that's all right, but if you're in Bangkok and you have to cross the street, you're probably going to get run over. So there needs to be a, a practicality. And it's up to you to find that practicality. I find both. I'm really sleepy or tired, then I have a, a speeded up pace, slow down. So you can experiment as well. It's not the, the right pace is a pace that you that you find. But to be contained in a walking path is just like we sit here. We don't like play musical seats. Do we all sit here and let's kick somebody out of their seat? Let's go try that seat for a while and move around. Same in our walking path. We pick a path, choose that, stay on it, and then use that for the period. So we're going to have walking now until 10.30. There'll be a, uh, a bell rung at that time. I'm sorry, 10, I'm sorry, 10.15. 10.15. And uh, be attentive, alert, and awake as best as you can. Thank you.